morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. In this time when we are all cooped up and facing isolation in so many different ways and levels, I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to make the connection today and understand and support and explore how important connections are today, more so than ever. And the goal, as you know, of Connections Radio Show is to explore that wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us, that get us thinking, get us imagining, and get us connected. Uh, I had a friend send me a a little meme, a little email that said it feels like um, Earth has sent us all home to think about what we've done. (laughs) And right now, I think we're all doing that contemplation that we never really seem to have time for. But now we do. And now we can reach out and connect and support and explore in really powerful ways. So I'm so glad that you've joined us today and are part of our, our Connection Radio show. And we'll have uh, Eric Nelson here. He is our technical producer. He's supporting us today. So thank you, Eric. Appreciate you being here. And my co-hosts are from RISE. And I know most of my listening audience uh, loves and knows about the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, which is RISE. I have two wonderful people who will tell us more and talk to us about things that are going on. So I have the Advocacy Director, Asma Mohammed, is my co-host, and she has brought a Civic Engagement Coordinator, Malak Shaheen. So thank you so much for joining us today and leading us in this conversation, Asma. Thank you for having us, Lori. Happy to be here. And Malak, this is her first time on Connection. So excited to have that happening as well. You know, before we do anything else, I'd like for us just to do a check-in. So how are you both doing? Malak, you want to go first? (laughs) Sure. Um, I'm doing okay, I think, considering everything that's going on. It's just really strange being cooped up and not having the option to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think same thing. Um, I mean, so this is us. My, I, I take care of my parents as well, and I, can, I feel like I can't even leave the house because I'm worried about getting them sick or, mm-hmm. you know, contracting the virus myself. Um, but yeah, it's just been really hard. I mean, I'm an introvert, and for me, this is hard just because I don't have my own space constantly and can't, you know, like get away or um, go on a solo shopping trip, which is, you know, it's just a lot of craziness, I think. And people are uncertain and anxious. And so it's important, I think, to remain connected to one another during a time that feels so chaotic and disconnected. And yeah, every moment we're bombarded with new information. How do we integrate it? And how do we make sense out of it? And how, how do we make meaning when a lot of the status quo, uh, you know, just disappeared? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Absolutely. It, it's like we're, you know, been landed on an island and kind of have to figure out what is this place? And um, yeah. what's the next steps? Yeah, I think one thing we've been figuring out at Rise is just seeing, like, how do we continue doing this really important life-saving work from home mm-hmm. and from, from you know, our computers and the safety of our couches and beds mm-hmm. and wherever we're working? Um, and I think the challenge has been staying connected, but we, we're lucky to live in a really digital age mm-hmm, yes. where we can, you know, mm-hmm. do FaceTime and Zoom calls and text each other and see what's going on in that way. I think making a new routine is mm-hmm. because I think we take comfort in patterns and we take comfort yeah. of this is how we do things and this. So how do we establish the new routine that is connected digitally? And, and yes, we are blessed that way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and how do we create um, the opportunity for routine? It, sometimes I think we've used um, our electronic connection as sort of a diversion or a pastime or a nice support. But now it's becoming really our lifeline to each other. Mm-hmm. And and what ways can we more deeply explore how it does connect us, which I, yeah. I believe that there will be uh, more powerful ways that we'll be able to share uh, on our Connections radio show and, and really explore what are the things that we want to connect on and prioritize what are the things mm-hmm. that we want to connect on. And, and that's something that I've always appreciated about our partnership is that 
you do such beautiful job in gleaning through what is important right now and how do we address that. So I'm, I'm hoping that we'll continue to keep finding those new ways and explore together because I, I value our partnership and I value both of you. Me too, greatly so. And, you know, this this show is important to us in, in talking about what Muslim women are doing and highlighting these important stories and talking about topics that we think every community member um, every Minnesotan should be considering, you know, as they're staying home or stepping outside the door to grab those last minute groceries right now. Um, I think it's still important to continue thinking about these topics. So at Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, our three main issue areas are civic engagement, um, leadership development, and storytelling. And so one thing that we wanted to really de- um, dive deep into today is the census, and that is you know, our civic engagement work. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, as we continue doing this work, I think a lot of what we've been doing is figuring out what's the response to this this halt in everyone's work right now. Um, you know, we have healthcare workers that are on the front lines, and then we have grocery workers who are now considered emergency workers, which is really important. There's just so much going on. So, like, how do we as an organization support those people so we've been working on kind of like a community response and seeing how we can keep people in conversation, um, again, from their homes. It'd be interesting if you could share with us your perspective of how this is especially impacting your community. Yeah, I mean, Muslim women are already, like, we face um, so much different, so many different kinds of discrimination because of who we are. I mean, we're women, we're Muslim, um, many of us are visibly Muslim, most of us are women of color, and many of us are children of immigrants, are immigrants ourselves, or come from communities that are already marginalized. And so from a public health standpoint, one thing that we should be considering is that we are already being asked to be disconnected. Um, or we are already like facing so many like outside factors that make people want to disconnect from community. And so during this time, we have to be so intentional about reaching out to other Muslim women because that disconnect can seep back in. And something we've been doing over the past couple of years has been forcing people to like get out of their comfort zones and say, hey, this space is just for us. We're going to be safe and comfortable here. We're going to talk about the things that matter to us. Um, and so one thing we're doing this coming week is having something we're calling Sisterhood at Home. <clears throat> and so we're doing that, I believe it's on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Um, and we're just getting people together, Muslim women together virtually, to meditate and pray together and talk about what's going on and hear from some experts on how we can support each other. Malak, how are you feeling um, that your community is being especially impacted right now? Yeah, I think it's kind of overwhelming um, at times, but I find a lot of inspiration in how people are really buckling down and organizing and um, working on like mutual aid and funding people who don't have access to the resources that they need. So that's kind of what's been really grounding me. Getting our to-do list together. And yeah. it, it, it it's challenging to know even how to prioritize. Um, I, I go through a set of priorities of what I think I need to get done. And then an hour later, like, okay, let's redo that now. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do a lot of work in the restaurant industry. And um, mm. it's been mm-hmm. a challenging week. Um, oh, yeah. My parents uh, have a catering business and it's mm. the same thing. You know, it's just it's so it's so hard right now. Malak and your your family, like you're you're in health care, right? Yeah, so. my sister's um, a resident and my dad's a professor. But yeah, she's in the, she's in the emergency room. So it's actually hard yeah. to be. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, it's such a yeah. scary time, but those people are. Again, they're on the front lines. They're doing this work that yeah. many of us can't do. And I think yeah. it, it's this time that when we're associated with a nonprofit that we care about. Now, I, as I mentioned, I do a lot of work with a restaurant. Um, I, I work with a nonprofit that's called the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. And mm-hmm. it's a time to for us to be really looking at what are our goals, and how do we best achieve them? Many of the work, much of the work that we've done in the past is face to face. You know, there's workshops, there's uh, consultations. There, 
you know, we've used webinars, but um, it, it's mostly a face-to-face, and mm-hmm. uh, it it sort of flips everything over to like, okay, we know we have important information, and, and we want to keep the education um, available and and supportive. <laughs> Um, because there's a lot of mu- multicultural individuals out on that front line. Um, mm-hmm. How are we supporting them? Uh, what does that look yeah. like? And, and as Malak was saying, I think that, you know, the mutual aid and people providing funding or, mm-hmm. um, you know, people buying gift cards from small businesses to use later. Like there's so many different things we can do right now to support each other. And it, it just will look so different from what we've been used to. Right. Well, as we close out this segment, is there... One piece of advice that you want to give um, both to our general audience um, as well as to your sisterhood um, that you'd like to close out this segment and, and really looking at how COVID-19 is changing our world right now. Um, what what insight do you want to give us to be thinking about as we close this one out? And I'll start with you, um, Asma. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just been I've been trying to stay in touch with people that I know love me and that I love uh, FaceTime calls every day have keep been keeping me going. So like reaching out for help and letting people know like I'm lonely and I need to talk. And claiming that and, and not, yeah. I, I think that's a, and, and creating a, um, an incentive uh, that it is your intentional. Malak, do you want to share one thing before we uh, go to our, our commercial break? Yeah, I think it's just important to remain connected as much as possible and reaching out to your friends and checking in on people. Um, especially if you know they're they're responsible for like their older parents or grandparents. Well, thanks for those thoughts and thank you all for listening and staying connected uh, because that's that's where we're at right now is being able to find those new ways to have deeper and more powerful relationships that allow us to find meaning. Have a good one uh, during the short break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue. Brunson's Pub is a place where history and passion are a part of every detail, starting with the menu. The Payne Phelan neighborhood arose from Dakota people who lived here for hundreds of years and pioneering immigrant communities, Irish, Swedes, German, and Italians, who made the Eastside their home. More recently, waves of new residents from Asia, Latin America, and Africa continue the rich immigrant history and are revitalizing the community's cultural life and economy. Come experience Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. I've been telling you about Snap Construction, the company AM950 Trust for all roofing and siding needs. Now that spring is here and summer is around the corner, now is a great time to find out why AM950 Trust Snap Construction. Ryan, the owner, and his team at Snap Construction have been great to work with, and they have enjoyed working with our listeners. Hi, this is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners at AM950. What a great group of people and a great radio station. I personally want to thank all the listeners that we've had the opportunity to work with. At Snap Construction, we look forward to working with many more of you when it comes to your roofing, siding, windows, and insulation. Don't just take Chad's word for it. Google Snap Construction, arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the Twin Cities Metro. We led this community with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Don't wait to get a free estimate. Call today, 612-333-SNAP, 612-333-SNAP, or visit us online, snapconstruction.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950. Our station has worked with Barbara from WYSIWYG Web Design for years on everything from logo to print design and especially for developing our website. She does great work and is great to work with, listening to what our goals and design ideas were while offering new, innovative ideas to create the website we are proud of today. Barbara made sure she understood our station, our goals, and our mission before she started working on our site and made suggestions to help control the cost. Plus, she's friendly, which set us at ease. 
I recommend Barbara at WYSIWYG Web Design because I know she will deliver an attractive, professional website within the budget you have. She is a local independent business that specializes in helping other local businesses achieve their website and design goals. She can work with nearly any budget and create anything from simple sites to robust custom functionality. To find out more about the company AM950 Trust, go to WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Spelled out just like it sounds, WYSIWYGWebDesign.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and I am glad you have joined the conversation. I am glad we're connected. Today we have Connections Communities partner, our community partner, Reviving Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, RISE. To learn more about our Connections Community partners, you can check us out on ConnectionsRadioMN.com backslash community co-producers. And our co-hosts today are both the Advocacy Director, Asma Mohammed. She is our co-host. And we've got the Civic Engagement Coordinator, Malak Shaheen. Welcome to both of you. Hi. Happy to be here. I want to make sure I do a great big shout-out to our show sponsor. Uh, our shows, are, uh, our RISE shows, are sponsored by Clockwork. They're a digital agency, and their collection of thinkers and doers, professionals and tinkerers, and they bring smarts, curiosity, and values to every project. I want you to check them out at clockwork.com. So in this segment, we tease the audience that we're going to be talking about the census. Yeah. M- Malak, you want to share with us um, your... Uh, your definition of the census and why it's important. Because, you know, a lot of people hear about census and they kind of know, yeah, 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 fill up forms, but I'm not sure what that all is and why it's so important. I think you'd be able to give us some good insights on that. Um, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about the census. And honestly, before I started this work, I was definitely one of those people who thought it was just a random survey we had to do. Um, but it's a complete count of everyone who lives in the United States conducted every 10 years. And this is regardless of immigration status. And that's something that um, a lot of communities, especially our communities, are really afraid of. But there is no question about citizenship on the census. Um, So it's really, really important that our communities fill it out. Uh, The census data is then used to allocate $15 billion a year of federal funding. And this funds community programs. It funds, you know, like infrastructure, so fixing roads. It funds education. And something that's really important to note, too, is having a complete count of our community. So, for example, the Somali community is really big here. And having a more accurate number of how many Somali people live in Minnesota means more resources for, like, English language learning, translation, those kinds of things. My guess is some people maybe who are not aware of what the census purpose is, maybe kind of afraid of it and not knowing what it's used for. Um, how are you helping to overcome some fears, especially in immigrant um, communities, mm-hmm. about how this is a safe thing and an important thing? Yeah, so I think it's definitely um, a legitimate fear to have of any kind of government program, especially for uh, immigrants in this day and age. But it is really important to note that um, there is a code governing the census, Title 13 of the U.S. Code, that um protect your information. It cannot be used against you in a court of law. It will not be shared with ICE. Your landlords do not have access to the information that you're putting in the census. All it can be used for is data, and that data is then, like, disaggregated. So there's no individual identifiable information, and it's protected for 72 years. So no one will know what you put down in the census for another 72 years. My guess it's also easier to fill out the census if you are asked by someone you trust. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of RISE's role, is really making sure the Muslim community uh, understands what the census is and why it's important that Muslims do count on the census, because our communities are often under-resourced and underrepresented. Another big thing about the census is that political power is attached to it. So it's really looking at it as a way to take back our power by making sure our communities are resourced, are funded, and we also have political representation. So, for example, Minnesota is projected to lose our eighth congressional seat, And that will happen if there's an undercount. So it's really important that Minnesotans make sure they, you know, fill out the census form and get out the count. Tell me what um, area covers our eighth. Um, I'm actually Um, not sure which one that is. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) 
It's like, wow, which what 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 area is that? We got to make sure we tell people to get that census out. But we can come back to that. No, no worries. Well, I can answer that briefly. So it's actually the northeastern part of Minnesota. So it's um, Duluth and surrounding oh. areas. So and yeah. so. I didn't think and it was we, our twin cities. So yeah, that's interesting, especially yeah, no. so the we, Iron Range yeah. area we, is is in danger of being lost in terms exactly. of representation. So we are the 5th district, so we oftentimes think, I mean, we are usually counted really well um for the most part in most communities here, but in that area because those rural areas are not being focused on, we know that there there is a there's a fear of losing that seat. I have a question for you about um the Muslim representation around Minnesota? Is it predominantly in the Twin Cities or do you have sisterhood that's located throughout um, greater Minnesota as well? Yeah, so yeah. we have we have a concentration here in Minneapolis, right? But I know, Malak, you're from Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a pretty um, big Muslim population there for a small town. In Marshall? Yep. Mm-hmm. Isn't there um, a manufacturer down there? Uh, Schwann's, and then I think there's a turkey farm thing. Yeah, and then in Rochester and St. Cloud as well, we have um, pretty big pockets of Muslim women that stay connected to us in both those areas. So I've gone up to St. Cloud several times and down to Rochester because we have Muslim women that want to stay connected, um, can't always make their way to the Twin Cities, Mm -hmm. so we just kind of bring the programs to them. And are you working with them on the census program? Like you can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that we're actually working on um, right now is figuring out how to connect with Muslim communities when mosques have canceled, like Jummah prayers. So now there's not the Friday prayers where everyone's congregating and able to hear, you know, the sermon from um, the imam. So instead, we're trying to figure out what ways can we virtually get this message across um, to mosques and communities that are at risk of being undercounted. So in places like St. Cloud and Rochester, um, and can it's been you, a big challenge. And it'd be great just to have you go through with us, you know, what does it take to complete the survey? What does that mean? Yeah, so as of right now, most people should have gotten a letter invitation in the mail. Um, and that letter has uh, this code that you put in online, and it's um, a website, or you can also fill it out over the phone. Um, and over the phone, if you speak one of the 13 languages, you can actually fill it out in one of those languages. Um, I know Arabic is one of those languages. Spanish is one of those languages. Unfortunately, big languages that are spoken in Minnesota, like Hmong and Somali, are not. But there are language guides available to help people with filling it out. But otherwise, it's a really quick, like, 10 minutes of filling out an online survey. Um, and you're there to help people if they have questions, I bet. Yes. And, yep, so people can reach out to us at our email or on our phone number. Do you want to give um, the email for folks if they're interested in getting support in how to fill out the survey? Yeah, so it's contact at revivingsisterhood.org. And there's something special, as we talked about a little earlier, on March 25th. Want to tell me about that? Yeah, so that's our mm-hmm. Sisterhood at Home um, event. So this was originally going to be a mocktail, but since we're not doing anything um in public, we're doing a virtual event on Zoom, I think it is. I bet you could have mocktails, even if you're on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I, I said people should bring their own drinks. In exactly. Out. <laughs> you can have recipe sharing and toasts. Exactly. I might even join you for that. <laughs> you should. Oh, and I, I also want to make sure that folks know that April 1st is National Census Day. Are you going to do something special for that? For the kickoff? Yeah, something um, I think we're actually going to do something more around April 3rd because it's National Muslim Census Day. But April 1st is um, National Census Day. So everyone should be filling out the census that day or have filled it out by then. And I did get mine in the mail. So I was thinking of you all when I, I got mine in the mail. But um, awesome. on April 3rd, this is that's the big one. National Muslim Census Day is one that you're really wanting people to get their their census in, or at least get it started by April third. Is that right? Yep. So, for more information, um, best place to go is revivingsisterhood.org. dot um, org. 
Um, and people can write in with – there's probably, I, I'm assuming, a place where you can have a contact. Uh, and then would you give that email again that folks can – if they have specific questions about the census? Yep, it's contact at revivingsisterhood.org. Terrific. Well, we're coming down to the end of the second segment. Um, if either of you want to have one final uh, you know, idea you want to share with the audience about how important the census is, this is your time. Asuma, do you have something you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, I mean, every Minnesotan gets, uh, like, is allocated $2,800. And if you don't fill it out, we lose that money. So mm-hmm. that's federal money we could have, we should have. Fill out your census, please. There we go. And, and Malak, do you have a, a closing thought? Yeah, and that's $2,800 per year. So over a 10-year period, it, that's $28,000 per each person that fills it out. Um, so that's really vital money. And I think looking at the census as an opportunity to take back our power and make sure that we are represented, we are counted, and we have the resources that we need um, is really important. Well, thank you for giving us some insight as to why the census is important, um, both from being able to be represented and a dollars and cents. Um, let's make sure that Minnesotans are counted and that we're doing our part to make sure we've got the representation and the power to do so. So thank you for listening. We're talking with uh, great women of rise and we're going to continue to talk with them about the cool things that they're doing. So stay with us. Uh, just doing a short break. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. When you need legal assistance, let the Minnesota Lawyer and Referral Information Service help you find the right attorney. It's a new and enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in employment law, divorce, bankruptcy, DUI, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Hi, this is Paul Metza inviting you to listen to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We have been on the air on AM 950 for over five years, over 200 original shows in the can, including musicians, artists, promoters, authors, comedians, and more. We're on the air Saturdays at 6 p.m. If you'd like to advertise, get a hold of us at am950radio.com and stay tuned this weekend, Wall of Power Radio Hour. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. I'm Peter Rackler from the Eastside Freedom Library, and I'd like to tell you about an historic place on Payne Avenue, Brunson's Pub. Experience history and passion through the delicious menu, reflecting the Eastside's diversity. The choices are limitless. Salads, sandwiches, burgers, and shareable plates. Visit Brunson's Pub at 956 Payne Avenue and grab a discounted gift card when you mention that you're an AM 950 listener or a supporter of the Eastside Freedom Library. Be sure to check out Brunson'sPub.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, cloudy skies with a high near 37. Tonight, a chance of rain before 8 p.m. with a low around 30 degrees. Sunday, a chance of rain before 11 with a high of 46 and a low around 32. Monday will be sunny with a high of 51 and a low of 37. 
Save an extra 7.5% during Warner Stellion's Appliance Free Tax Rebate Sale. Get unbeatable prices, free local delivery from the specialists, and then get Warner Stellion's exclusive unbeatable rebate savings of 7.5%. Call or visit the 10 Twin City stores or buy online at warnerstellion.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host, and we're talking about ideas that matter. I'm glad that you've joined the conversation, and I'm very glad that we're connected. Today, we have our Connections community partner, RISE, which is the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. I wasn't sure if I was going to say RISE or if I was going to start with Reviving, so I wanted the Reviving. Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And I have co-hosts. Um, we have the Advocacy Director, Asma Mohammed, and the Civic Engagement Coordinator, Malak Shaheen. Welcome to you both. Hi, Lori. Hi, listeners. <laughs> we're so glad you're here. I'm glad that we're connected uh, both by the radio and our Facebook. Uh, you're tuned yes. in with Facebook with us, so thank you for that. You know, this is challenging times. We've already been we've all we've been living in times that have been stressful uh, for the last few years. We're in the twilight zone, Lori. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are, yeah. and. In some ways, hopefully, this is maybe an opportunity for us to look deeply and make changes as a country. Maybe some of the things that have started in terms of really understanding that we're connected um, and that we are a multicultural society and that we have sisters and brothers from all cultures that we are related to um, and that we can celebrate. We need to celebrate each other, um, especially when we're confused. Uh, It's hard to know what to celebrate. But the human spirit is an amazing thing about what, what we can do when we're called upon to think in new ways. And one of the programs that I love so much about what you do in your storytelling is talking about Shiro's. Um, so in this segment, I know we want to talk about the Shiro's. Uh, we also want to talk about uh, Muslim Women's Day um, and celebrating. Coming up. Yep, celebrating. Yeah. So let's start with um, – Let's start with Muslim Women's Day. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Muslim Women's Day is on March 27th each year, and I believe it started just a couple of years ago. Um, And it was a young Muslim woman um, who lives in New York, I believe, and she just thought there needs to be a day to recognize the important work that we do um, behind the scenes, on the front lines, everywhere. And so this falls perfectly in line with our work, Lori, because you know that we have our Muslim women of, um, Muslim Shiro's in Minnesota programming. Mm-hmm. And so we are already so focused on celebrating the work of Muslim women in Minnesota that this, again, just falls perfectly in line with what we do. So, um, yeah, Muslim Women's Day just, I think, is a call to celebrate um, for everyone. It's not just for Muslim women. It's asking other folks to recognize Muslim women in, our, in their lives. Mm-hmm. So, Lori, I'll expect a present at my doorstep <laughs> on March 27th. <laughs> you know, Joking, you okay? Then when, we, when we get back together, then we'll have to yeah. celebrate. Uh, yeah, uh, when we I, get back together, we'll have our mocktails. Yeah, well, we'll actually, I, I may send you some mocktails for your party. That, that may be one way that I'll honor you is to make sure you have mocktail uh, supplies yeah. for your party coming up. <laughs> yeah, so we are, you know, we're asking people to to join us in celebrating Muslim women, which is something you're already doing, Lori, by you know, like co-producing with us, yeah. um, by making sure that these stories are heard. So our Shiro's programming is so important to us. We are highlighting the stories of Muslim women who often go unrecognized in our community and who are doing really incredible work. So we're just continuing in that same vein. And you can go to your website and and just be able to spend time getting to know these women. You have them yeah. featured, right? You have some videos and you've got their narrative oh, yeah. and background. Do you want to just share just a few? And I know we're not going to be able to get to all of them, but they're really amazing no, women that are doing incredible work. Yeah. So if you go to revivingsisterhood.org, um, you can find a lot of our, you, I mean, all of our Shiro's programming there. So it's, um, we have videos. So there are some digital shorts we produce with Twin Cities Public Television or TPT. Um, we also have blogs and I've written one myself. Malak's also written one on the census and getting involved. And then we also have, um, our podcasts. 
So for folks that are, you know, they just want to listen while they're driving to work or uh, while they're sitting in their cars during during this crisis, yeah. <laughs> they can just not going in. anywhere, but just sitting in their cars. <laughs> exactly, it's, it's nice to get out of the house. Right. Um, but I mean, we have so much free time on our hands right now, especially, and I think supporting Muslim women is, is important. So, um, some of my favorite stories, my very favorite, my most favorite one was actually our very first Shiro. Her name is Valerie Shirley, and she's actually been on the show before uh, mm-hmm. a while back. So Valerie is a Muslim woman who uh, helped to found the Minnesota Deaf Muslim community. And so she helps provide services to deaf Muslims in Minnesota. So they're deaf, deaf plus, meaning deaf and blind or deaf and with another, um, you know, disability, um, and then people that are hard of hearing. So she oftentimes even goes into families and will join people at their homes to help translate um, between family members who maybe don't know how to use sign language. And she got into all of this because her son was deaf. And so she, you know, saw this happening in her own family and then decided to do something for the community. And I think that is the kind of community work that speaks to me on a very personal level, like something impacts you, but then you see a community need that need, that needs to be filled and just step in. And that's kind of what she did. And that's so many of our sheroes. So she's my favorite one. Um, there's, there are so many that I can just go on and on about. But Malak, do you have any favorites? Um, I think Nima Omar is really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. She's a labor justice organizer. Yeah, she's been working. Um, she's actually been on the cover of several different mm-hmm. magazines. We got her on the cover yeah. of Minnesota Women's Press here. Um, she was on the cover of Wired magazine, but I like to say that we were the first to, to shiro her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, Nemo is an organizer from the Twin Cities, and she organizes East African workers um, and specifically started working with Amazon workers to strike mm-hmm. And so these Muslim workers, you know, working in terrible labor conditions at the Amazon um, distribution warehouse in Shakopee, and they're working during the month of Ramadan, so they're fasting, you know, no food, no water, and the heat would be unbearable Mm. for many. They didn't have any place to pray. They wouldn't let them leave to pray or to break their fast, oftentimes to even use the bathroom, which is completely inhumane. Um, and I think we as a country are oftentimes mm-hmm. talking about how every other country is underdeveloped and they're these third world countries, but we in our own country, um, hyperdeveloped, right? We are treating workers in this awful, inhumane way. And so mm-hmm. Nemo organized um, to make sure that workers have rights and those are recognized. So they started letting workers go to the bathroom after Nemo and workers there, including Khadija, who's an incredible um, human being and a worker at Amazon. Um, they, they get to go to the bathroom. They get to have a space to pray now. They still continue to strike when they need to. But, I mean, Nemo is just one person who's instrumental in letting people know what their rights were, teaching them about that in different languages, and then going on to give them the tools they needed to bargain. So just that's another, yeah, I completely agree. Nemo is one of my favorites. I always highlight her work whenever I can because she's just awesome. And I want to emphasize emphasize to our audience um, that you have some time now. So going to the website, and just spending time getting to know these amazing women is a way of increasing your cultural intelligence, if nothing else. Um, yeah. Learn about the culture. Learn about what these women are doing, who they are, because that's how we we um, we combat having labels and we combat having an unconscious bias. We un- combat having, you know, assumption. Um, these women challenge any assumptions that have been ever put upon them uh, by society or media or um, folks that just don't know. Um, get this time to get to know them. They're, they're, they're stories that will inspire. They're stories that will um, make you smile. And they're stories that will help you feel connected. And yeah. I think this is the time that we need to do this. How many times have we said, well, we're too busy. We can't do this. We can't do that. Well, we now have time. So yeah. let's take that time 
uh, take a look at, at what these women have been accomplishing and continue to accomplish. And it will, it will be good for your soul. It will be good for your um, well-being uh, to see heroes, sheroes, um, mm-hmm. and the work they do. Yeah, and I think another important thing to remember is these are these are people that you're never going to meet. These are your neighbors. Mm-hmm. These are people that are from Minnesota. They're in your community. Maybe you haven't gotten the chance to connect with them yet, but that's what these kinds of platforms are for, right? So we are recognizing these stories because we know that maybe you haven't ventured out to meet some of them. Maybe you don't feel comfortable um, asking questions or talking more about or learning more about these people. And so we are sharing their stories in a very public way on our website, on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, Twitter, all of these different platforms. So let people know like, hey, this is this is an easy way you can get to know more. Um, and then maybe challenge ideas that you have or preconceived notions that you have about who Muslim women are, because we are not a monolith. We are so different. In, um, like, I'm not a labor justice organizer. I am not, um, you know, trained in American Sign Language. Like, none of these things are who I am, but there are women who are doing work that I'm not doing right now. Um, and I think just, just sharing those stories with people is a way that you can support Muslim women on Muslim Women's Day. So if you want to support Muslim women, I think one way is sharing those stories. Um, follow us on our Facebook page. It's just Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood um, is where you can find us or just Facebook.com slash Reviving Sisterhood. And there's, yeah, there are so many ways. Another way you can support is find a Muslim women-led organization that you care about. Donate. Just sharing that workout so people know what we're doing and, um, you know, sharing this video, for example, that I'm sure is going Facebook Live on AM950, letting people know what Muslim women in the community are doing because the local is very important right now. And then uh, that might be an opportunity to connect with someone about um, a story that moves you. And you can amplify by sharing these stories and connecting with people that you may have not met before, but having a chance to to be able to feel like you know them and and celebrate them. So there's a hashtag, um, hashtag Muslim Women's Day, that you can amplify someone you know. But it's also a place you can go to to be inspired by the women and what they are doing um, on Muslim Women's Day. And... I want to take this moment to thank you both because that's part of um, celebrating Muslim Women's Day is I thank you in advance uh, for all the contributions that you both have made to our community. And I I appreciate what you're doing and and so honored to be in partnership with you. Always. Thank Thank you. I also want to thank our clockwork. Thank you so much for sponsoring. Great digital agency. um, And you should go to Clockwork. Uh, to their website. They do great work, uh, clockwork.com. And we'll be right back um, for our last segment. It always goes too fast, but join us as we continue to talk about Rise and the wonderful work they're doing in our community here in Minnesota. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. 
Only in the forest can you see this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they're really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving their country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, and I'm glad we are connected today. We are in a time of change, and we have an opportunity right now to do a reset. We can figure out how we want the world to change and claim that for ourselves. And what I want is to have great multicultural celebrations and a connectedness that allows us to feel even more alive um, as we envision the future that we are building together. And I am delighted that we have our community partners, our community producers, RISE, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, who are um, a group of incredible women who are envisioning a world that is connected and powerful and where we all can show up and do something. Um, And our show today is also sponsored by Clockwork. It's a great organization that's supporting um, digital solutions. So check them out at clockwork.com slash radio. And I have two amazing hosts um, that are with us today that are really leading the conversation uh, on our time of change and celebrating Muslim women. Um, I have our advocacy director, Asma Mohammed, as our co-host, along with our co-host, Malak Shaheen, who is the Civic Engagement Coordinator. Thank you so much for our conversation today. I think we've had such a wonderful opportunity. Oh, you, you all are just doing wonderful work, and I'm excited about um, the possibilities of what we can build together and continue to build um, in our sisterhood for all. Um, I want to have our last segment here really be talking about self-care and community mm-hmm. care. Um what are we doing to take care of ourselves during this time? And what things can you share with us about ways to look at uh, self-care during this time? So, uh, Asma, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, for me, it's it's been hard thinking of how can I um, look inward during this time when I want to pay attention to everything that's happening outside of my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single night, I look at the numbers of who is impacted by this virus and it just, it drives me crazy and I still do it. (laughs) So um, I think one piece of self-care that I've had to incorporate into my routine is making sure that I'm making time to pray and meditate throughout the day. Um, And I, I feel like it just keeps me sane because things are just going crazy right now. That's been one really important thing. And another is my friend, uh, Megan, from, well, she formerly from Clockwork. Megan helped, um, she came on to Clockwork and does, did really important work there. So she told me about this method called the Kanban method. And with it, basically, you create to-do lists using Post-it notes, but you like kind of paste them around your, your house, your room. And it. so I have this virtual Post-it <laughs> um, to-do list going around. So it has one section for things that are like ongoing or on the back burner, 
some things that are in progress and then things that are done. And I think it's just doing that because we are like losing our routines at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lori, I know you talked about how routines are so important to us. Yes, absolutely. Like we all need structure in our lives. And when we lose that and we are like time is kind of warped and we feel like every day is melting into the other, we need to have these routines to keep us going. So that's been how I'm taking care of myself. I think that's excellent. You know, I used to do uh, programs, and I may in the future again, on process mapping. And we'd use these post-it notes. But, you know, we'd go to the next obsessive place of like, color coding and you know, <laughs> what and then being able to move them around and I've gotten to the point sometimes where I use my staircase <laughs> as oh, wow. a one great big running uh, process map of things that I've got in process things that need to get done so you know you can celebrate that this is a time to yeah. really be thinking and figuring out you know how do you want to be creative and even how you put your to-do list together and it, it may be on your staircase. <laughs> Yeah, mine's on. Mine's on my. It's a, a map that I have on my wall. I'm just adding things because I can't go anywhere on that map. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of fun. Malak, do you have some um, things that you can share about care and building sisterhood from home, and what are the ways that we're supporting each other during our social distancing? And I don't know if it's social distancing. No. It's physical distancing. But I don't yeah. know if we really are socially distant. I think we're we need socially even a deeper sense of connection, but we do have to physically distance. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a real challenge for me is like how to uh, remain joyful in this time and not give in to the anxiety and cynicism of just the present moment. And for me, that's really been looking at what our communities are doing. And um, if you go on social media, you'll see stories of organizers who are organizing for, you know, grocery store workers, making sure they have hazard pay, making sure they're allowed to wear gloves and like not putting themselves in more danger than they already are in. Um, It's looking at how people are uniting behind each other and really like providing resources, whether that is money or whether that is, um, you know, like, emotional support Mm -hmm. um so that's been really inspiring to me but it's something that i'm still struggling with personally so just like figuring out when to take a break from social media and when to make sure that i'm still connected with people has been a really like challenging thing for me it's almost an act of bravery to be vulnerable and allow ourselves to uh be inspired because it's really hard yeah. to be inspired right now because the fear can take over. But how can we be more deeply inspired by our purpose, um, our connection, and what we want to do to help make changes as we get through this period? Um, that That's a lot to ask of ourselves. And yet I think that's what we are deeply called upon at this time. Yeah. With that, I only have 30 seconds left to make our goodbyes. Um, Again, thank you. The gratitude that I have for our partnership is uh, deep and abiding. Um, Quick comments. 20 seconds. Go for it, Asma. Yeah. So uh, just a reminder that we're going to be doing sisterhood at home. So don't leave your house. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Sit at home. Get on a Zoom call with us at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. You can find it through our Facebook page, um, Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood Forum Closet. And do your census. Don't forget. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>